1: Now here's
0: a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio.
2: And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. We've got a marvelous couple hours for you tonight uh, and great information. Donna Anderson back with us. Noted author, of course. Her website is lovefraud.com, a website that teaches people to recognize and recover from sociopaths. She's also the host of the new True Love Fraud Stories podcast in which survivors tell what it's really like to be involved with the sociopaths. It's a seduction of thrilling eventual signs of relationship weirdness and the heartbreaking brutal discard as well. Donna Anderson back on Coast to Coast. Donna, how have you been?
3: Very good. Thank you, George. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be back with your audience.
2: It's time for you to tell us again how you got involved in studying psychopaths and sociopaths.
3: Yeah, I uh, married one. <laughs> and um uh, believe me i certainly had no idea when i encountered this person who just seemed to be so magnetic and and so charming and and such a wonderful entrepreneur and you know, talk were talking about being a wonderful success and essentially it was all a lie, and he got involved with me in order to drain me of my money. This man took a quarter million dollars from me, and while he's doing that, he's che- cheating with plenty of other women. Uh, anywhere, Well, I knew of at least six during our marriage. There may have been more, and I found evidence of like 25 or 30 women over the previous years. My gosh. And, it was, it was outrageous, and the, the guy turned out to be a psychopath, and I had absolutely no idea, and, and I was an educated person, a magazine editor, and a, a commercial copywriter, and, and running a business, and, and, and I was clueless. So because of that experience, I thought it was important to tell people not only what happened to me, but about the millions of these people who live among us. Donna,
2: what is the difference between a sociopath and a psychopath, and is one worse than the other?
3: Okay, well, it, it gets kind of technical, but the main, I use the word sociopath as an umbrella term uh, for all the disorders in which people manipulate and exploit others, and which is exactly how the word intended to be used uh, when it was coined, like back in the 30s, but the um, Sociopath is no longer an official definition. Uh, some people use it as a synonym for antisocial personality disorder. So if you look at the technical definitions, there's antisocial personality disorder, and that's essentially somebody who is, like, dangerous. Um, these people, like don't follow the law, they're deceitful and they're lying, and they're aggressive. Um, but then if you look at narcissistic personality disorder, that is as you would think, somebody who's self-centered. They've got this grandiose self of uh, sense of self-importance, uh, they need excessive admiration, they've got a sense of entitlement, And believe it or not, psychopath is not an official diagnosis at all among the clinicians. It's not Mm. recognized by the American Psychiatric Association, but a psychopath is essentially pretty much the same thing. Uh, These are people who are glib and and superficial, like my ex-husband was. Uh, They tend to be, uh, they have a lack of remorse or guilt. They have no empathy, and and neither do the um, narcissists. So... You know, unfortunately, there's a lot of overlap among these disorders, and for most of us, we don't really need to know the fine points of what the disorders are, and that's why I refer to all of them collectively as sociopaths, and the idea is we need to know that approximately 12% of the population have one of these disorders, um, and kind of have a general awareness of what they do, which is essentially lie and manipulate and take advantage. Although when you meet them, they seem wonderful, um, but we need to know that they're out there so that we can avoid them.
2: And you'll tell us later on tonight, Donna, some tips on how to absolutely. see these folks.
3: Yes, absolutely.
2: I, I think yes. back now, I think my aunt out of Boston was married to uh, definitely a sociopath. Are serial killers psychopaths?
3: Probably, yes. And, um, they, that, you know, that's the, the thing to keep in mind is that. Serial killers are a very, very, very small minority of people with this disorder. Right. Um, plenty of psychopaths or uh, antisocials like never commit any crimes at all. Or, or put it this way, they never get caught committing a crime. Or they
2: don't before. physically kill somebody or something oh, right. like that. Right. They
3: are not necessarily violent. You know, plenty of people are emotionally violent and relation relationally violent. You know, they take advantage of you, uh, which is the main thing. I mean, that's their objective. The, the, the core thing to understand about these people is that they view the rest of us as pawns, as objects to be used for whatever it is that they may want. And they, they essentially, the, the prime problem is that they, none of these people have an authentic ability to love others. You know, they, they just can't do it. I mean, that's what's missing in them. They don't have the ability to be caring and to, and to worry about somebody else's well-being. Uh, they're, they're, they're all self-centered, and they're all just using people to get what they want.
2: What happened to them as children to get them to this point?
3: Well, sometimes they had bad experiences as children, and sometimes they didn't. So... The the thing to understand about these disorders is that they are highly genetic.
2: Well, is a sociopath born or developed?
3: Both, okay? Okay. It is a combination of nature and nurture. So somebody who um, would be diagnosed with either psychopathy or antisocial personality disorder, and probably narcissism as well, probably has a genetic connection. They're probably born with a genetic predisposition, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to come to fruition, Um, but what what tends to happen is that, you know, they do have this genetic connection, and then they get, Bad parenting or they grow up in a Bad environment which is Understandable because you know if You get uh, the genes For this disorder typically it means That you know one of your parents may be Disordered um, or it can be Back further on the family tree but If you've got a disordered parent Then you know They make terrible parents and so You know they can be abusive or they can Be manipulative or they can Not impose any discipline whatsoever And let you run rampant on whatever you want to do so what happens then is that the person is born with this uh predisposition a genetic predisposition and then they get the bad parenting or they grow up in a difficult environment and and that's how you end up with a a, a sociopath now there are cases where people are born with uh, a a genetic predisposition and the parents are fine the parents you know do everything right you know Mm -hmm. they, they bring them to therapy, they try and get help, but sometimes the dose that they've gotten, it's called a genetic insult. You know, the genetic predisposition is so strong that it simply cannot be overcome.
2: In your savings weather an economic storm, think about what you've put away for the future. Inflation can render cash worthless. Real estate can crash like in 2008. Economies built on a mountain of debt can fall like a house of cards. And there are very few physical assets you can invest in that can stand the test of time. Gold has withstood as a valued form of money for millennia. It's why people are flocking to it now and why birch gold is busier than ever. Through a little-known tax loophole... Birch Gold can let you convert a retirement account into a tax-sheltered IRA and physical gold, and the best part, it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket to make that change. To learn more, text COAST to 989898 and claim your free info kit on gold. Let me ask you this again. Can your IRA or 401k weather an economic storm? If not, call the people I trust, Birch Gold. Text COAST to 989898 98 98 and secure your savings Are sociopaths Donna successful people?
3: They can be. You know, there's there's plenty of people. You know, it's kind of interesting. There's a guy by the name of Dr. Robert Hare who is uh, the guru of psychopathy, and he's the one that developed a, uh, an instrument, a test, essentially an evaluation form of how to uh, determine someone's level of disorder. And typically, he did his work in prisons. You know, he, he did a lot of, that's where he started out. He started out as a prison psychologist and would analyze all these people, and that's how he developed his test. But he said that if he couldn't have access to prisoners, the next place he would look was in the corporate offices. And he found that among corporate um, executives, like, for example, specifically for psychopaths, People, the experts say that there's about 1% of the population meets that definition of disorder for a psychopath. Um, However, they did research and found out that 3.2 of corporate executives meet the definition of a psychopath.
2: (laughs) Three times the population.
3: Exactly, exactly. So, you know, there there's stories, maybe your listeners remember Enron or HealthSouth. Yeah, oh, sure. sure. Yeah, well, you know, the guys leading those corporations probably were psychopaths. And, you know, psychopaths love to play with other people's money. In in fact, there's also research that shows that the 2008 financial crisis was caused by psychopaths in the financial industry playing with other people's money. So, yeah, I mean, they they can certainly go high up in in corporations.
2: Now, what about the narcissists? What is that?
3: Well, narcissists are uh, similar. In fact, you know, that's why this is so confusing, because essentially, narcissism is a, a component of psychopathy. They,
2: they cross over, don't they?
3: Yes, they do. And that's what makes it so hard to really understand, you know, what the differentiation is and why, and in, my, in my view, it's, it's useless. So, but the narcissist has this, you know... Self-importance, that's the main thing. They they have this grandiose sense that they're the center of the universe, and they have these uh, fantasies about, like, you know, unlimited success and beauty and, and being handsome. They believe that they're unique and special, and if they have a sense of entitlement. Um, you know, so it may sound pretty much like what I was talking about with a psychopath, and, and that's true. Um, You know, it's kind of interesting because these days a lot of people are talking about narcissists, which is really helpful. I think at least there's more of an awareness that they're out there than when when it happened to me, which was back in 1996. But um, in my view, a lot of people are using the term narcissist um, to cover all of these people. And I think it's simply because... You know, there's so much baggage around psychopath or sociopath because everybody thinks they're a serial killer, and so people are saying that they're narcissists. When, in my view, they're probably dealing with someone who has antisocial personality disorder, but that's just too scary to say. <laughs> you know, so they're calling them a narcissist.
2: Do women's become sociopaths, psychopaths, and narcissists as well?
3: Yes, they can, and um, although it takes a different form. Um, and plus there's not as not quite as many of them it's it's about a 3 to 1 ratio where there's like three males who have these disorders uh Compared to females, but the women tend to be extremely relationally um, abusive. They they abuse their spouses, they abuse their their families, their siblings, their children. In fact, I can't tell you how many times I talk to people who get involved with a, a romantic partner who is disordered, and as we talk, we we realize that part of the reason is because their parents were disordered, and unfortunately, you know, if you're abused as a child it makes you more vulnerable to hooking up with someone who is disordered themselves
2: can the sociopath the psychopath and the narcissist can they be cured no (laughs) No. (laughs) that's it for them right
3: yeah, you know, and and that's what's so important to understand is that, you know, you can't take this person to therapy because they're they're not going to be cured. They're never going to learn to have a heart. You know, they're never going to learn to be able to love. Someone.
2: So so they don't have empathy, do they?
3: No, no. And um and that's that's why it's so important to know about this and, and that was actually the point of my book that you mentioned, Senior Sociopaths. Because there is this rumor going around the mental health field that sociopaths burn out, okay? I mean, this, this is actually taught in psychiatry textbooks that, you know, once these people get into their 40s or so, then, you know, they're, they're, they're not as bad. They mellow out. You know, and, and it's not true, you know, which is exactly what I documented in my book. Uh, in fact, what happens is they actually get worse. Uh, And and one of the reasons is that, you know, most, well, all of them, antisocials and psychopaths, they can pretend to be normal when they want to. And they do that, you know, when they're in the process of reeling you in and seducing you. But, you know, once they get older, they they can't be bothered doing that anymore. So the the charade stops and, and you just see their ugly, manipulative, exploitive self all the time.
2: In most cases, does it just come on, or do they actually know what they're doing?
3: Well, um, I've heard from people who claim to be psychopaths or antisocial, and they are well aware of their disorder. In fact, often they're proud of it. You know, they, they view themselves as superior. They think, I mean, several, several of them have told me, you know, we're the next evolution. And in, they, they are proud of the fact that they have the ability to manipulate others and that they're, um, you know, taking advantage of us. And they, they view those of us with a heart and a conscience as weak and see a heart and a conscience as something to be exploited.
2: What happens to the victim of the person who's been exploited?
3: Oh, uh, well, that's essentially what my podcast is about, Um, you know, because it's very hard to describe to somebody what the experience is about. So in my podcast, what I do is I interview people and let them tell their stories. and, And they talk about, you know, how this person showered them with affection and then how they betrayed them and it can be devastating i know i it it took me a while to recover from this and you know people end up with ptsd Uh, they end up with their lives turned upside down they end up you know not willing not able to trust anybody and it's it can be a wrecking ball through your life so that's why it's so important for people to understand because you know, once you get involved with someone like this, it can be very difficult to extract yourself, you know, especially if you marry them and have children. Then you're stuck with this person for life. I mean, even if you divorce them, um, two things happen. I mean, you're connected you know, because of the children, and because of the genetics, the children may be disordered. And you know, and, and they just have this control over you, even when you get rid of them. So it, it, it's very, very difficult.
2: Are they good parents, Donna?
3: No. Terrible parents, they are. <laughs> you know, and uh, and that's the whole point is that you know when they have children, essentially they often view well, a couple of things: either they abandon or ignore the children, um, or they view the view the children as little mini-me's, and you know they they want to control everything about the children, um, or they view the children as as tro- trophies and their property. So, uh, I mean, in some cases they're capable of, you know, taking care of the children, but it's kind of like taking care of your car. <laughs> you know, you, you feed and dress them and, 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 you know, send them to school, but you, you don't really have any concern about them as people and about how they're doing and about how they grow up and what their needs are, and, and, and there's no emotional um, connection whatsoever so having a sociopath or a narcissist um, as a parent is is very very difficult and, and quite frankly quite damaging to the people who experience it
2: Donna when you're with one of these individuals what becomes that aha moment where you realize there's something wrong here
3: <sighs> that can take a lot of different forms um, in my case It was fairly obvious because I knew that this guy was um, like spending all my money and didn't seem to be upset about it. So I, I was upset about that. But in all honesty, I didn't realize it was a scam until I was talking to the other women. Um, because I, I kind of suspected that he was cheating, and then um, you know, he took a quarter million dollars from me. And then um, when I finally left him, and the and the reason I left him was I discovered that he had a child with another woman during our marriage, so that's why I left him. But then I finally started going through all his papers. I mean, this man was a pack rat, and, and everything was a, around on the floor in, in, in the office that I built for him in my basement. And so I found the... Information for this other woman, and I called her up and I said, You know, I'm did, done.
2: Did, did she know about you?
3: She did, but she didn't know, she suspected that he was married to me. Um, because he he told her I was just an employee. But I called her up, and I said, I'm Donna Anderson, and I'm James Montgomery's wife, and I'd like to suggest that you don't give him any more money. And she said, it's too late. I already gave him $92,000.
0: Oh, my God. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.
1: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast